Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. What gets you fired up? Let me ask you a question. What gets you fired up? Anybody got something? What gets you fired up? Ah, fired up. Football. Football. Which football? All of them. All of the football. All of the football. All right, fantastic. What, uh, what else gets you fired up? Anybody else? What gets you fired up? What? Fridays? Like just generally Fridays? I like that, man. I like that. Fridays is Marco Day. I like it. Okay. All right. What else? What gets you fired up? Come on. Y'all know full contact sermons. I got to have something or else these sermons take forever. Arn, what gets you fired up? Church. Church. boy, Arn. All right. Good stuff. A yeah, round of applause for Arn on that one. He, he got the right answer. He got the right answer. What else gets you fired up? Brisket. Really, really good Texas brisket. Dawson, what you got? When Tennessee wins. I love it. Tennessee football. What else? Where is that? Fortnite gets you fired up. Yeah, yeah. What about, uh, what about like uh, that, that song? You know what I'm talking about? It's like we all together go, come on. Uh, uh, uh. All right, well, that's fun. That gets me fired up. Every time I hear that song, I'm like ready to go. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm ready to fly. That's like right before I would go play softball, church softball at the last call I was at when we actually played softball and didn't lose by 30, which is a whole nice thing. I used to listen to Eye of the Tiger right before it. I don't know why, but it just had that like, ah, it got me fired up. Got me, got me going. What else fires you up? Vacations. Yes. Yes. Anybody going somewhere cool? Coming up, anybody going somewhere cool? I'm going to go to Gatlinburg. I'm going to go to the mountains. I'm going to do like the whole Pigeon Forge airbrush t-shirt kind of thing. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Somebody else was telling me that they get fired up when you pull up to a stop sign and it's clear that, the, uh, that, the, uh, that you got there first, right? And the other po- person pulls up second like this and it fires them up when they wave you on as if they don't understand the etiquette already is that I get to go before you. They drive off all kinds of fired up. As you can imagine, I get fired up about a lot of things, you know? There are things that just get me, I mean, Tennessee football absolutely gets me fired up. It used to get me more fired up when we were a little more competitive, but we'll be back, hopefully, one day. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Right there, we got somebody cursing in the back, saying bad words. I'm also, uh, something else that gets me fired up is, um, I guess like there's a time in your life where you realize that you have become the old man in the neighborhood. And when people speed in front of my house, I, li- I kid you not, especially when I was living in Atlanta, we had people like speed in front of our house and I would stand out like halfway in the road, right? Like holding a stick, yelling at cars as they would drive by. It's a wonder that I'm still alive. Folks speed, it just drives me crazy. Or, or, when, or, or in my current uh, subdivision, uh, you come down the road where I ha- and then there's this road called High Ridge, right? And High Ridge goes through Providence Plantation, and, and I guess there's just, it's a long road, and there's a lot of stop signs on it. And by the time they get to this final stop sign, they're like, I'm over it, right? And I'll just, I'll be pulling up, and they'll just whoop right through the stop sign. And I do this, even when my kids are in the car, I just lay on the horn like that, and they're like, Dad, what's going on? I'm like, driver education. That's what's happening. Chick-fil-A. Anybody get fired up about some Chick-fil-A? Woo! I get really fired up about Chick-fil-A, but I get even more fired up when they leave the pickles on my sandwich. We had this conversation before, but pickles are an evil thing. 
think about it. Like a cucumber is this beautiful, wonderful thing. It has all these medicinal qualities. You can take it if you have indigestion, whatever the case is. But think about like the pickle version of it. It's like demon-possessed. It spends a lot of time in this really nasty place and develops this awful smell and all. No, just me? Anybody else? All right, well. It gets me fired up. I have a deep passion for some ridiculous things, don't I? I do. I can't help it. I don't know if it's just like part of who I am, but there are some things that I have a deep passion about that I fully, absolutely, 100 believe in, 100% believe in. My Lord and my family. Anybody with me? Come on now. My Lord and my family. Somebody say it. Yes. That's the most important thing in my life. Having time with God is a deep passion for what God's doing in my life. There's a deep passion with my kids. And I don't know, anybody out there, you could be a daddy but still be this way. Anybody out there get a little mama bear when, uh, when somebody starts talking to your kids or starts like, invading their lives in a difficult and frustrating way? Any mama bears out there? Say yeah. All right, good, because I can't see you. Oh, yes, that's right. I get passionate about music. I love music. I love that we get to make music here, and I love that we get to gather around the, the elements. I love that we get to, 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 to write music. I love that we get, hey, we just released a new song this week. Uh, I think it was this week, called River of Mercy. It's a fun one. It's out on the Spotify's and the Amazon's and the iTunes and whatever. Really, really fun. I love making music. Third thing I'm really, really passionate about is ministry. I believe that church right now is changing. Like it's moving, it, it's, it's like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is at work, amen? And God's doing something incredible in the church right now. That's a really awesome thing. And I'm blessed to have the opportunity to have passion like that. But there's one more thing I'm really passionate about. Burning Christmas trees. <laughs> have you ever done this? Oh my gosh. So my buddy's got one of those big, huge fireplaces. It's like as big as one of these panels. And, uh, and every year, the several guys in the neighborhood that have live trees will let them dry out, right? And so by like, I don't know, February or March, it's like they're really, really dry. And they'll bring them in and we'll throw them onto this, this fire. Have, have anybody ever been around one of these things? I have never seen in my entire life a fire like that. I mean, we threw this one tree and it was probably like five, five feet tall threw it on there, and you could not stand within 30 feet of this thing. The amount of heat and the amount of just absolute, it was just, the, the intensity was crazy. And that thing must have gone 50 or 60 feet into the air with flames. I mean, like, we were worried we were going to catch the trees on fire. I mean, it was, like, legit. And there, the sound was incredible. It started out with, like, this little crackling, and then it was just, like, this major... It was just crazy sound. It was awesome. And it occurred to me, because I'm a super church nerd, that that kind of flame, that kind of fire, that kind of like sound had to be what the rushing wind in Pentecost sounded like. I mean, it had to have some sort of thunderous intensity that that fire just took hold and was just massive. And was that, that, that it, it must have been like, it must have been like a, like, a, like a movie, right? Like you just don't even see things like this. It's just unreal to be around that Pentecost fire. And then there was like fire resting on people's heads. I mean, it was a crazy scene. This is in Acts 2. I'm going to read it to you here. But, but I just want you to get this all in your head, how in, insane this is, that this is happening like it is. Acts 2 starts like this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, 
it was a sound from heaven, like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. There's two really important things that make this whole thing work, this Pentecost moment, right? I mean, I do get this vision of this massive, like, rushing wind and the fire that's, like, sitting on top of their heads like tongues and they're speaking in all these different languages. There's two things that really make this whole thing work. The first one is the message is gospel. Absolutely, unequivocally gospel. Like, that is the message that they have. Now, remember, this is post-resurrection, this Pentecost time, right? So Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. This is post-Matthew 28, right, where he took the 11 up on top of the mountain and said, go and baptize, right, make disciples. Everybody with me so far on what's happening, right? This is post all of that. It says they're all gathered together. But the message, it says later on in the scripture, pierced their hearts. In verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. I know, right? It's like back in seminary, you know, when we were learning how to preach and they were teaching us all this stuff, they were like, listen, just just let the gospel do its job. Just let the gospel do its job because that message is so powerful. A message that says God meets you right where you are with love and mercy and grace and walks you back to new life. That's the resurrection promise that no one will die forever. That might be the end of part of the story, but it's not the end of the whole story. Amen? That's gospel. That message is unified. I got a confession to make, though. I, um, I cut a lady off in traffic the other day. I did, I did, um, I did. It was, uh, it was real bad. We came up to a stoplight, and I needed to get over to the, the interstate that was over here, right? And so as I'm like, well, there's a massive line of cars. There's no way I'm going to get there. I'm already running a little bit late. And so I did the kind of thing, children that, that are learning to drive, don't listen to this part of the sermon. Don't do what your pastor did. All right, so, so I'm driving, but instead of like, driving up to the thing and then stopping, do you know what I'm talking about? You just kind of slowly roll. Right, so your car doesn't ever stop motion. You're rolling up to that stoplight, and I'm counting. I'm like, three, two, one, go, boom, And I just hit it, and I took off. But for some reason, I don't know if she, like, felt it, and she was, like, in her moment, too, but she also gunned it. <laughs> so here we are going as fast as we can, and she doesn't want to let me over, so I'm like, oh. Maverick, Top Gun. I'm going to use the Top Gun maneuver, right? Everybody remember this? They're flying real fast. He's like, put on the brakes. I don't know how you do that in a plane. But anyway, I put on the brakes and whoop, and let him go right past, right? So I was like, all right, I'm going to put on the brakes. I floored, I put on the brakes, and guess what she did? Put on the brakes. <laughs> so here we are. But she was a little bit late. She slipped. And I went back on the accelerator, right in front of her, and guess what she did? Bam! Driver education. She was so mad. And, and, and my message to her was, you're less important than my timing. You are. You're less important than me getting on the interstate and not being a few minutes late for whatever it was that I was doing, which I can't even remember what it was now. But she heard loud and clear the message that I was telling her. And she was fired up. And not in a good way. 
I'm pretty sure that it's a good thing that there was glass in between what came out of her mouth and me. <laughs> Woo! She was very upset. See, it fired her up, right? But not in a good way. The message must always be unified as gospel. And this message that they're speaking at Pentecost was unified. It was gospel. And it was firing them up in a whole different way. The second thing that was really important to make this whole thing work, we must speak their language. J'ai parlé un peu de le français. J'ai étudié le Copa quatre ans. Then I forget the rest. I don't know. I had a really good thing. Don is really disappointed in me. I was two sentences in French. Let me just keep going. I started a class like this the other day. Uh, we were teaching, talking about the changing church, and I just started speaking in French. And I had this whole thing, which I had to write down because, you know, I'm not really good at French anymore. But I started speaking French, and all of them were just like, what, what class did we come to? Like, I thought this was the pastor of the, this is the pastor of the church, right? Like, he's, he's the one that, um, this is the pastor of the church, but he's speaking French. <laughs> they started looking at me kind of freaked out, right? And they looked at me freaked out for the right thing because I wasn't speaking their language. I wasn't speaking it in a way that they absolutely understood, right? And for some reason, we continuously do that with church. We do all the time. Use churchy words that don't make sense. We had, no, I'll tell that for another time. We had this, we had this one video we showed that was showing like all these things that church people say. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and my favorite, my favorite part was, man, we're going to fellowship tonight, man. We're going to fellowship so hard together. We're going to fellowship. You know what? It's going to be a guy's fellowship. We're going to fellowship so hard with guys tonight. <laughs> what a weird thing. <laughs> and then we wonder why the church isn't growing. Because we use all of this language that doesn't make sense to people. Or it comes out of nowhere and hits them like a Mack truck. See, the Holy Spirit in this Pentecost moment speaks every language through the people. It's really cool, isn't it? This beautiful gospel message is happening, and it's happening in all the different languages of all the people there. What a cool thing to be a part of. But it's also really daunting because it feels like it might be impossible for us if we forget the most important part of the scripture. Aaron, can you put verse 4 up for me? And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Read these last five words with me. As the Spirit enabled them. The great I am is the one that does the work in us, church. The great I am. The great I am, possible, makes the impossible become possible in us. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the message and the language. That's freeing and inspiring. Everybody say, ah. So this sermon series that we're doing finishes today. It's the I Am Possible sermon series. And we've been talking about these different things that I am means and what it's all about for us to be a part of the church. And this week is I Am Invitation which I think for some of us is like the most difficult and frustrating part about church. Like, I'm happy to go to church, but to actually talk about it with anybody else, uh, I just don't know if I'm up for that. I'm not really sure that I'm up for inviting a bunch of people to church. That just seems really crazy. There's this article that just came out in the New York Times by a study from the Barna Group that said 93% of Americans do not ever talk about God. Everybody gasp. What's crazier is 87% of Christians... Don't ever talk about God. Now here's the thing. 
if the building were on fire right now, and one of you was to able to see the exit to how to get out of that fire, what would you do? You would tell them how to get out, right? Yes? I'm hoping there's some yeses in here. <laughs> Otherwise, we have some serious safety concerns. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd tell everybody. That would only make sense that you would actually make sure that people knew how to get out. And some of our Baptist and non-denominational Baptist brothers and sisters look at life this way. And for some reason, our church, the Lutheran church, just seems like we're, we're, we're kind of behind. We keep using this churchy language that a lot of times people don't understand. Or we expect people to learn a particular way instead of meeting them where they are. And these Baptist brothers and sisters have been looking at life like, look, there's a 55 mile per hour Mack truck speeding down the highway. And you're in the middle of the street. I got to do every single thing that I can to come get you out of the way. What would it be like if we spoke the language of the people and took this gospel message of grace with that kind of fervor, that kind of passion? Brothers and sisters, I got news for you. It's Pentecost again. The church is being rebuilt right now, right here. And we're getting to see it up close as being on sort of the cutting edge of some new things that are happening in the church. You are the new messengers. Look at somebody and say, you too. God's changing the whole church. The church is not about this one hour a week on a Sunday. The church is about the entire week long. The church is not about these walls that we come and gather in. Goodness gracious, you all know that pretty well because you know that this would be church anywhere we met. Amen? Amen. We could meet at McDonald's and we still have church. Amen? We could meet at Chick-fil-A. and I, Wait, couldn't meet on Sundays at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> That's right, brother. We'd meet in a parking lot. See, the crazy thing is, a lot of people, I don't think, realize this, but you already speak a ton of different languages. Think about it for just a second. God has given you a circle of influence, a place where God has put you, placed you, so that you might be able to speak the language of the people around you, and you speak it well. That's the beautiful thing. The second thing is, you know the gospel. You know that Jesus loves us beyond all of our mess-ups, that Jesus meets us in the middle of the terribleness of our lives you know that jesus walks with us at the greatest joys you know that jesus heals that jesus brings new life you know that message and you know the language of the people around you it's pentecost every day this community your community is precious it's beyond these walls. It builds intimacy with others right where they are. And that's where the invitation into relationship with Jesus changes lives. Community builds intimacy, and intimacy yields invitation. I'm going to end this sermon series the way I started it. And it's absolutely my favorite bunch of scripture, the Great Commission. Have we got Matthew 28, 16 through 20 that we can put up? Look at him. Aaron's already at top of it. Let's read this together. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Let's read it together, church. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Every time I see this scripture, I resonate with it right out of the gate. He took the 11 up there. If you've heard me preach on this, you're going to hear it a hundred times while we're together, church. Come on. (laughs) 11. It's just 11 of them supposed to bring forth the gospel to the whole of creation. Just 11 of them. Man, we hit this morning at 7.30 and we didn't have enough volunteers yet. We were worried, right? Lord, we need some more volunteers. There's not enough. We hit worship one week and there's only 100 people here. Oh, Lord. Gosh, it's not enough. How are we going to keep doing this? We run up against our budget. We got everything that we can get this year. That's it. We're done. Done. It's not going to be enough. But Jesus took this 11 and brought forth the gospel for all creation. That 11 was more than enough. Every place that we look that we don't think we have enough, all this around us or even within ourselves to go make that invitation to the community that God's put us in. I don't have enough, Lord. Yeah, you do. I'm going to tell you why. The other thing is, says they worshiped him but some doubted but we've talked about this a number of times the greek doesn't say some anywhere that's that's just a translation that we think maybe it must have meant some because surely if it was all that would freak everybody out if we actually translated the greek but what the greek says is they worshiped him and they doubted same time worship and doubt hand in hand brothers and sisters when you think you don't have enough when you think you're not good enough when you think you don't have the ability or maybe God's not fully working in your life in the way that you're supposed to make it all happen remember you are in really good company amen because those 11 disciples who weren't enough both worshiped and doubted the translation that um I think it's Eugene Peterson wrote in the message says right after this but Jesus knowing this urged them on go you already speak the language in the community around you you know the gospel and once you've heard the gospel it's not for you anymore you're on the team now it's your opportunity to go and tell and remember I am with you always to the end of the not just here in church but there out the doors wherever you go when you start thinking that you're not enough when you start worrying that maybe your doubts overtaking your faith remember that Jesus says I am with you always today is Pentecost for somebody else today is the day of Pentecost for somebody else and tomorrow will be too and all week long and forever while we're doing this it's Pentecost in somebody's lives and we are the folks that have been gathered in and we've heard that mighty rushing wind we know the language we know the gospel and now it's our opportunity to go and invite relationship with Jesus outside these walls
in your community, where your passion comes to life, the places that get you fired up, the language to speak, the gospel will be there, and the Holy Spirit is the one that gave you the ability. So let's get fired up about what really matters, changing lives. Pentecost is now. Pentecost is today. We'll get more chairs, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for meeting us in the midst of the mayhem and the chaos of our lives, for meeting us in the midst of the doubt, from even, even the days where we wake up and we think we got way too much other stuff going on, God. How in the world can we possibly make a difference and change somebody else's life? I got to work on myself. But Lord, you say you're enough. Your doubt is not too big. You can handle it. And you gave us this gospel. You gave us this life. And you taught us the language of the people around us. So Lord, fire us up in your Holy Spirit. Fire us up in your gospel message. Fire us up to be about changing the world. Life changing the world give you everything we got, even though it's not enough. Because you, oh God, are with us always. You, oh God, are the invitation. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all of God's children say, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond We ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.